and it comes out also in her writing, which if you ever read Postmodern Philosophy, you can't figure out what the heck's going on there. In oh. fact, there's a, there's a famous incident that occurred, and that is that post postmodernism, these French, I think it was originated in France, Derrida, oh, yeah. these guys, Facult. Yeah, you can make out what's going on in you those know guys. What, you know, you know like, what they're saying. No. You know, it's, <laughs> it's not like, that they're more intelligent, but the way they use words and so forth. Yeah. So there's a famous story, and it's a true story. There was a guy who wrote an article in postmodern language that made absolutely no sense. Mm -hmm. And it got published in a postmodern journal. <laughs> you know, got through the editors and everything, you know. And he did, deliberately did it like that, using right. the language. And, and he had no, no point to make or anything. <laughs> People thought, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> really, I can't understand any of this. This must be really good. It must be good. You can't understand it. It must be good, you know. It's like the king has no clothes. The emperor has no clothes, you know. So that's like postmodernism, you know, yeah. you know, in its pure, pure form, you know. Yeah. So she's like that. Oh, yeah. So the way she writes, I looked at her sentences three or four times, and, you know, like, what are you trying to say here, you know? Because uh -huh. I, I know the philosophy, I break it down and go, you could have just said this, you know, so simply here, you know, but it sounds yeah. like it's more or something, you know. So I found it very obtruse. Her uh, presentation, number one, yeah, and and unappealing in that regard. And secondly, where's the light? Oh, come secondly, what I found in is that it seemed like the central theme of her argument was that Rupa Goswami. Now, this is a while ago. I read this, so I try to remember. While a poet, more than a philosopher, like Jiva Goswami. In terms of his major contributions, you know, he's got Leela Dramas, he's got Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Ujjval Nilmani. They're not so philosophical. Hmm? Mm. Uh, you know, the, two, the latter two are a little technical, but they're, they're all about his aesthetic, you know, Bhakti Rasa, hmm? and how it works and so forth, details of it. So that's different than the Sandarbhas, for example. Right? Yeah. So, her uh, contention wa was um, that packed within the poetry of Rupa Goswami was this deep metaphysical and philosophical, you know, uh, insights, you know, to be, to be drawn out. And I thought it was just totally like overdone and not true. Hmm? Nothing, you know, I, I don't think Rupa Goswami was intentionally implanting in, in, in these poems some, you know, the, the whole philosophy and the worldview and so forth just to be unpacked, you know, by, by somebody else. I just don't think that that was what he was trying to do at all. And so it, it was just a whole over-intellectual um, exercise mm -hmm. that um, I, I couldn't. I, I, I couldn't read the other part about the, the other philosopher who she was drawing from to com make a comparison. I just had no interest in that. But um, that's, what, that's what I was getting out of it, and I was, thinking, I was just not impressed by it. But I could see how people could think, whoa, whoa. Yeah. In fact, this guy, uh, Haberman, who was an mm. academic, 
and he became years ago a Bolivar uh, follower. He wrote this book, uh, Acting as a Way of Salvation, mm -hmm. which was to describe the sadhana of Raghunuga Bhakti as, you know, being part of a drama, you know, acting out the role as a way of salvation was his title. And uh, yeah, it was quite a while ago he wrote that book. Um, and so he he had, had endorsed the book as, you know, wow, I think this is the deepest, uh, you know, explanation of Rupa Goswami yet, you know, but I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't buy it. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't hold up, in my opinion, to be anything more than her, like I say, over-exercise of her brain intelligence. You got a copy? I did, yeah. yeah. I mean, I... You can read it and see maybe you found Yeah, I, I, the, the first couple pages, I, I thought her, her thesis, or at least the way she laid it out there in the introduction, seemed pretty, seemed compelling. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and that, so I wrote Maharaj that, but I hadn't had a chance to really dig into it. I've been kind which of looking. Maharaj? This uh, Maharaj. Pardon my name. Uh, oh, this Maharaj. Yeah. He's the one that gave it to me, so. I see. I, well, I had it? asked, I brought it up to him and asked him for, I, if I he don't. had seen it. And he said, oh, I have a copy of that. I'll give it. Yeah, I don't remember how did I get the PDF, but I just have it in the computer. How you doing? I'm sore. Let us know when you want to turn back and we'll just, you know. I don't want to. Yeah, so we, it's not just matter. your brisk walk. So... You know, I mean, I should probably sit down and read it more thoroughly, and maybe I've not given her the, you know, full credit, but I just didn't. Yeah, see, I had the impression that she was um, somewhat more affiliated. With... Well, I asked uh, Krishna Chetra about her. Uh-huh, okay. And that's what he said. She's not a devotee. Uh-huh. And he went, oh, yeah. You know, he raised his eyebrows. And I said to him, I, you know, she seemed very convoluted. He said, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh. He kind of agreed with me. Well, I, I had, I first encountered her on a, a BBC talk show. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I kind of, I just sort of assumed she was a devotee just based on the things that she said on that show. She was kind of pushing back on some of the other scholars that, um, that the, she, her, she was sort of ho holding the line that, Brahman, that the, the Upanishads prevent a, a coherent, unified philosophy. And these guys were kind of, you know, oh, it develops over time, that sort of. Uh -huh. and, and so that just felt like a devotee. And then I looked her up mm -hmm. and then um, found out she was, you know, hanging out with Shanaka Rishi. So I was like, okay. So that's when I got. I wanted to see what her book was like. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she may be embracing, you know, some of the core ideas and so forth. But I think, at least according, at least according to Christian Chetra, she was not a devotee. Right. Whatever that means, I guess. <laughs> Officially. Yeah. And Habram is one of them academics that I that I 
uh, who's riding, who's riding, I found uh, either a misunderstanding or a lack of understanding with regard to a uh, inherency or not of bhakti. Hmm? One of them is Haberman. In Haberman's book, he, 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 he says there's a controversy in Gaudiya Vaishnavism where, as to whether or not the, the you know, the swarup, okay, the, uh, of, is, you know, the bhakti swarup is inherent in the jiva or not. And he's talked to different sadhus and he got different opinions and so forth. Hmm? And um, it was apparent to me, it was a while ago I read it, but it was apparent to me at the time that he had been talking to other sadhus who, not necessarily everybody over here and then Iskan over here, or Goyamath over here, but even on the over, you know, the other side, outside of Iskan, mm -hmm. he was getting some um, uh, sadhus to, uh, coming up on the side of it's inherent in the jiva and so forth, right? Hmm? And uh, and there there are, there are some out there like the famous Charandas Babaji, mm. who's Nitai Gore, Radhe Sham, Japahari Krishnara. He had a big group and so forth. He was of that opinion. Mm. Mm. I found it in his writing. Mm. Uh, that was uh, I think Dr. Kapoor mm. wrote a book about him, and I think it was in there that I, I saw him making that that point, and uh, and another fellow to Hridai Chaitanya Hridai Nan something. The famous Kirtanir, he's passed away now. He was in that group. So uh, so Haberman was, was one person. And the, the odd thing about it is that he goes on and he presents, you know, what the philosophy is. And if you read it, he's, he's you know, if you know what you're talking about, you obviously, you know, there's no bhakti. And, you know, he explained what the quotes from the Sandarvas, you know. But he didn't, he couldn't, like, connect the dots. Mm -hmm. hmm? as to how to, you know, retire that argument or come to a conclusion of what the Gaudiya texts actually say. Go a few more. I can't go down the next Okay. Door. Okay, yeah, we'll just walk on the flat here for a bit. So, because um, like I say, when you go on and you, and, 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 and you, and, and you, you cite things like, uh, you know, from the Bhakti Sandarva, the Bhagavad Sandarva, that uh, the... Um, the, uh, the Srupa Shakti of the Lord has two aspects. One is his, his actual form, his Srupa, and then its splendor, which includes the whole magnificence of Baikuntha, the Dham, the devotees, and so forth. Um, you know, and you've got the Ragatmika uh, associates of Mahaprabhu, of Krishna, obviously constituted of Srup Shakti, and then, you know, then there's the explanation of the Jiva. Anyway, he, you know, he, he seems to be acquainted enough that you think you could, but he couldn't connect the dots. Hmm? Let's go back. And what? then, um, the other one is, uh, is a lady, I think she's in Southern California. I forget the name of her book, it's, but it's, uh, it's about forms. And it's, and it's all about embodied, embodied something, you know, I don't know, I forget. 
I think the I think it bodies in the it bodied is in the title. Oh, Barbara Holdridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I haven't really read her, but I know who you're talking about. Barbara Holdridge embodied yeah. something, you know. Yeah, she's really obsessed with the body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could see that from some of the other titles that she wrote, right? And yeah. so you know, this whole idea that there's a body, a form, a, for you know, within which, within which, or in, out of which. I think, I assume she's trying to be in kind of conversation with feminist Latina writers and stuff. Because there, there's a lot of that going on. Yeah. A lot of well, the book that, uh, that I was reading, I didn't read all of it, but uh, it was all about Gaudi Vaishnavism entirely, the whole book. Mm -hmm. And it was pretty good, I would say, you know. Uh, uh, about the nature of the Dom and this and that. I forget all the things. But anyway, it was quite good. But she, you know, repeatedly had the idea that, that the bhakti and the sarup was inherent in the jiva. And I just like shaking my head. How could she, you know, do so much research and quote the Sandharvas and read the Sanskrit and so forth? And, and uh, I was almost going to write her and say, you know, Really nice book, but you know, how did you miss this point? You know? oh, I've thought about it half a dozen times, but I, I never did. I, because I don't know. I, I sometimes wonder. I mean, I've, how much um, some of these scholars maybe, um, depending on ISKCON and then not citing them. Depending on ISKCON for philosophy for and philosophy, and then just and not necessarily Assuming. citing them. Assuming, yeah, yeah, it's quite uh, probably considerable. Yeah, I get that impression from because they're the most talkative. You know, yeah. yeah, it's gone, and you can do the queries and yeah, 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 yeah. The other person, the other Gaudi of Aishnav, who is a, a, a pretty consistent, I would say, resource for academics researching Gaudi of Aishnavism is that Srivats Goswami. I was thinking about him, yeah. And he, he positioned himself as such and hosted sadhu uh, academics. He initiated a couple of academics, I think, over the, over the years. But uh, he seems to have, uh, you know, he, he, he was educated at Harvard. Oh. And um, he, he was a little more involved in academics, but he seemed to pull away from it. That's my perception of his trajectory. He seemed to pull away from it and just, not entirely, but to some extent, and settle more with the practice, his practice and his world, you know, Radharaman, and he's got some disciples, and speaks the Bhagavatam, which is what they do. They give Bhagavat talks, mm -hmm. you know, and they make a, they're living like that, and they do the dramas, and, mm -hmm. and uh, he, he got into uh, trying to, promote the environmental, improve the environment of, of, of Brudge and so forth for, for a bit, which, I don't know, I don't know, Parma Noidi much got into that too, but I don't know how far it ever went, but uh, do you know? He's still with that. Goswami? Yeah, 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 yeah. But as you say, I don't know the reach of yeah, too bad, such no. faults. How much progress this <clears> is, hard to say, yeah. So anyway, he seemed to have kind of just settled into being comfortable just being a Goswami and this mm. is reality and I don't need to prove it to the whole world, you know. 
and uh, it's a headache to try to do so, you know. <laughs> so that's kind of an impression I got. I don't know how accurate it is, but you seem to be more active academically previously. You can kind of see that it would be, it's difficult to, to conceive without a touch of bhakti of the fact that the Lord has a separate energy which is totally a spiritual involvement when on the other hand you have so much of an influence of we're all emanating from the supreme so mm -hmm. that that concept of being uniform in spiritual quality is a jiva uh, kind of is the what I would think would be the heavy obstacle to act the academics understanding of the Lord's other Swarup Shakti. I think, you know, what you're saying is true, you know, in, 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 in a large sense that, that, that the Swarup Shakti is the least understood Shakti mm. of Bhagawan. The Jeeva Shakti, you know, everybody's like interested in that, the Maya Shakti, mm -hmm. you know, and then do bhakti to get out, you know. But the, the, but even that the Sarup Shakti is bhakti, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, how that is so, and you know, it's like, well, you know, we should, you know, we love one another. We should love Krishna. Hmm? Mm -hmm. It's a, not quite like that, you know. The, because we love one another is is some investment in Maya Shakti. It's not prem. Hmm? It's karma, even if it's very subtle and it's. Uh, the love is uh, um, emotional in some aspect. Yeah, what's the term? Starts with a P. Um, you know, it's 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 uh, not pro, no, no, it's it's not you know pl pl platonic. 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 You know, it's it's emotional. It's platonic. It's it, you know, it's still from uh, our philosophical perspective, it's still you know plugged into the Maya Shakti. And, it, and that that doesn't just turn into prem. The more platonic you become, the le in your in your love, and, and you know, the, it doesn't suddenly convert into prem. Prem and, and bhakti is another shakti altogether. So that is a that is a link that a connection that a lot of people find hard to make it. And I think that Jiva Goswami has given such an emphasis to the nature of the sarup shakti in bhakti sandarbha. You know. For that in mind, it's that, and you know, I know hope that Radharani, who is Radharani, you know, she's the Parashakti, you know, next to Bhagwan, you know, and, mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and Radhe, you know, and it's a, it's it's a, it's a, not that well understood, yeah. You know. And the whole emphasis, as you were saying, Bhakti Sandarbha is this connection with one individual, the guru, who can allow you to have entrance into that shakti is it's, it's a real stretch in this modern world mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah it may have been part of Bhakti Vinod's strategy for saying bhakti is inherent sometimes, but all these strategies have a life, shelf life, so. When Prayoyan was making some arguments from the 
from the Bhagavad Sandarbha saying that Krishna has infused his Jnana Shakti and Kriya Shakti into the Jiva. <laughs> Have you heard this argument? Go ahead. Well, you can't do anything without, or think anything without the Jnana Kriya Shakti, but that's, that's not Bhakti. There's energies by which the whole world's going around. What's his argument? Uh, well, he, he, he quotes this from Bhagavad Sandarbha and then he connects it with a verse from Bhagavad Samrita where, um, where he's saying that Krishna has infused every jiva with the. Yeah. You know that shloka? Yeah, he gave up that whole argument. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He labored with that argument for a while, but then he gave it up. <laughs> Without admitting it, he gave it up. Now he, he was trying to say that he was trying to say that the this roof of the jiva was fixed, yeah. fixed. It's already established. It's 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 uh, so each jiva has their own swarup. It's set up from forever. And, uh, and, in, and in that sense, it's not something that is the result of association. So he was trying to make give a less. He, he would say, "Well, it's not the train is inside you, you know, or, but but or the, even that the that the, 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 the bhakti is inside. Okay, you know, yeah, yeah, that's, that's clear, you know. But it's fixed. This is what Bhakti is saying. You know, he." You know, people evolve, so you know they, yeah. you hear an argument from your gurus, and you kind of go with it, and then you're, you, someone tells you, "Well, that's not right," and you never look that up. And so, you, know, you go, "Wow, what? you have to sort it all out." So, I think he's been doing that over the years, and and he's evolved from that particular argument, it would seem, from what I saw since then, because I, I remember saw that Shamananda, our Shamananda, was got involved in, um, mm. on, the, on, on so I think it was on Facebook and making some replies like so that means that those who came from the Saruja got the fix from the Saruja yeah. non-Sarup mm. <laughs> eternal destiny and means what you know it's problematic it's problematic mm. hmm? but when I bring that up sometimes in arguments they immediately go to the verse yeah, um, that you fall from Brahman, you can't keep that concept. So they basically, within some Gaudiya contemporaries, specifically Ishkan, they they have this concept that there's real, there's really not a Brahmavadi. You can't attain Brahman. So you you argue and you say, well, what about uh, you know Swarupya? Not Sarupya. Sajuja. Mukti. <clears throat> Mukti. And they say, well, prof, you know, the verse in the Bhagavatam says that you can't maintain that position. Yeah, but that's not Yad what the verse Vrita, says. Oh, I forget the verse. Yad, yeah. Yeah. Um, what is it? I always remember the Abhishuddha 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 Go down. That the but but the verse is speaking. That verse, the Bhagavatam verse, right. second second chapter of the tenth canto, I think, demigods' prayers, extolling extolling the virtues of bhakti, and saying those who who attain a, a position 
in which they think they're liberated without bhakti hmm, and offend bhakti, they fall down. And uh, Jiva, well, you know this, but Jiva goes, uh, Krishna Daskaviraj cites the verse in Chaitanya Charitamrita two or three times, and every time he does it, uh, in the Bengali, he's, he's referring to the Jivan Mukta. Jivan Mukta, who's in the penultimate state, not, the, not fully liberated. And that person attains that situation, thinks they're liberated, offends bhakti, they go down. But once you enter into Videha Mukti, Sayuja Mukti, who's going to fall down mm-hmm. where? You know? Mm-hmm. There's no, you know, what would be the yeah. instrument by which you'd fall down? Well, they say the instrument, the, 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 the means, the power, the, the force by which they fall down is that they're, 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 they're Krishna Das. They're serving of Krishna and they're not recognizing that, so they haven't understood their, their, their status. But that's not a good argument uh, because Jiva Hoi Nitya Krishna Das, that says uh, only, um, hmm, uh, what, Seishabhuta uh, Parasyavai, it's the same thing for uh, Jiva Goswami saying about the nature of the Jiva, that it, it's, 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 Subordinate to the Paramatma. Hmm? It has a natural connection with the Paramatma. It's a, it's a subordinate entity. Hmm? That's all that Krishna Das means. He's not talking about Rasa there. Hmm? If you want to take it to talk about Rasa, then say every Jiva's got Dasya Rasa. So that doesn't work, right? So, and for that matter, it's very clear in Gaudiya Vaishnavism that there is a condition of mukti called sayuja. So if it's mukti, you can't say it's not mukti. Bhagavatam says it, and repeatedly it said, there are five types of mukti. One of them is sayuja. So you can't say it's not mukti. <coughs> it is mukti. <coughs> hmm? It's not desirable. I want to get a little water. Okay. I'll be right. Not a desirable form of mukti from our point of view. Hmm? No opportunity for service there, but it's a form of mukti, and so no falling from mukti, hmm? or it's, or it's not mukti. Yeah, it doesn't have any meaning. Yeah, everything. You can't be free and and liberated and and, and not be liberated, or subject to be not liberated. I mean, it's one thing if you break out of jail, and you know, and you still might get caught. It's another thing if you follow the laws and you get out, you know, then you can't be arrested for because you've paid your dues. And so you can't get into you can't just, you know, break the law and get into get into go to get into Sayuja Mukti. You have to follow a system. Right? You have to eradicate your karma and so forth. And you have to also factor some bhakti into your pursuit of Sayuja. If you've done that, yeah, you got that kind of mukti. So how can you fall from mukti? If you can fall from it, it's not mukti. And my mind always goes back frequently to Vishwanath's commentary where he's talking about the hook-like mind uh, latches on to bhakti and even experiences bhakti abhas. And then I think in his commentary he says, one, two, he has to struggle to remove his mind from the form of the Lord. Mm-hmm. One time, two times, it goes six times. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Pratibimba. Prati, right. Pratibimba Bhakti Bas, Bhava Bas. 
Uh, yeah. So I, I always think in that regard, well, there, there is a hope for this Yuja uh, Mukta in that even a, a boss of Krishna may at some point in time <laughs> drag them from their how they liberated... Gonna, how are they going to get an boss of Krishna, you know, Krishna, Bhav for Krishna in Sayuja? The only way I can figure out, it said that it's possible that someone who attains Sayuja Mukti by association can become a bhakta, you know, can come to Dasyarasa or Shantarasa. There are only two ways that you could poss- that could possibly happen. That they haven't fully attained mukti. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. They're in the jiva mukta stage and they get association. That makes perfect sense. Then they can come to, come to bhakti and Shantarasa or Dasarasa. Or, you know, someone is merged into Brahman and some devotee on earth who has liked the person, <laughs> got his first, uh, you know, uh, inside of the spiritual life from the person who reveres him, somehow, you know, thinks fondly enough of him that Krishna brings him out of Brahma Sayuja. I mean, anything's possible in that sense, but that's like <coughs> to be more exceptional and, and uh, uh, un- un- uncharacteristic, if not un- unprecedented, but possible. Yeah. So. And you know, if it, you know, besides Brahma Sayuja, if your sarup is all fixed up, then what's the gift of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? Hmm? Right? What's the gift if you've already? Some people are already Manjaris, some people are already Gopas, some people are in Shantarasa. Some people in Dasarasa. Maybe it's just the key. Yeah, some people say that the gift, the, the thing is already there, but. By the grace of Mahaprabhu, you can just like unlock the uh, the encrypted. Unlock what? Shantarasa? <clears throat> Whatever it's there already. What do we need a gift of Mahaprabhu for to unlock Shantarasa? The gift of Mahaprabhu is to unlock the Goloka. But so they, they may say you have already that there, and Maha, but you have to go through Mahaprabhu too. You have, what, you have what, what there already? Your Sarup, whatever. No? What if, if there. If everybody's got their own sarup, there must be sarups for Vaikuntha and some people. Sarups of Shantaras and Dasaras, right? Yeah, they say that. Also. And they say that also, yeah. Mahaprabhu is Yuga Dharma yeah. also. Yuga Dharma applies to whatever tendency. So the, so the real gift of Mahaprabhu is not really a gift. He's only giving it to people who already have it but just can't access yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, can't access yeah basically it they're saying that. Like the analogy you gave to explain well, their, limited. <laughs> their position of... Uh, the analogy you gave was, well, that means <clears throat> the seed is already there and bhakti is simply the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that as... But Chaitanya Chaitanya say that guru gives the seed. <laughs> doesn't say guru <laughs> gives the water. It seems that... <laughs> guru gives the seed. It seems if, that, to me at least, that uh, this idea, um, but the, the inherency idea seems to kind of be rooted in a in a misunderstanding of the radical transformation that bhakti is is that the coming in contact with bhakti does uh, mm-hmm. ha, the, the radical way that bhakti impacts the, the soul 
so that you know if you if you think it's already inside and that you know and and so you go to kirtan you know, so like uh didn't Sridhar Maharaj once say um, a lot many people are are exhibiting uh, emotion not devotion so you know they're going to kirtan they're jumping up and down they're having some mm-hmm. sort of ecstatic radical experience but it's not necessarily a real transformation of the heart and so then you can get get confused in that emotion mm-hmm. that 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 energy mm-hmm. and so some of these ideas seem to make they, they seem to make more sense you know to to the you know because then you're not you don't have to change yeah it just, just makes me happy so yeah you, you, can, you, yeah. you can eliminate all the ecstatic steps for yeah <laughs> that Rupa Goswami mentioned yeah is what you're saying yeah kind of yeah Something like that. I don't have to go through a North and Vritti. Look, I'm Yeah, or, yeah, not a, a not a full appreciation of, of how deep a North and Vritti goes, and what a, you know, yeah, how I mean, deep of a transformation bhakti is. Yeah, and eradicating your ego and sense of self right. and all of that. It's got to go. It's uh, sometimes we say we're not doing bhakti, but bhakti's doing you. You know, right, whoa, yeah. I don't know if I'm ready for that. You know, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. At any rate, you know, besides the idea that you know the, somehow the sarup is fixed, which is not a very good idea, and there's no there's, there's no real support for that. It, 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 the argument for that is just just doesn't hold up, and there's. For some statement that seems to say it somewhere in the scripture, there's a dozen statements that say directly on point, in context, that's not the case. Hmm? Krishna says, I'm just reading in the in the, uh, <clears throat> the Rasalila section, Vishwanath's explaining Krishna's sentiment. He's saying, I'm, I'm withholding bhakti for the sadhika hmm. because it, this is going to force them to actually do everything within their, you know, mm. capacity to attain bhakti. I'm withholding bhakti from the prem bhakti. It's just increasing their prem, and I want to see them mm. have the greatest experience of prem. So in two aspects, he's he's holding bhakti back. Mm-hmm. So what's the, yeah. it's also an argument that yeah. it's under his control. Well, he's under its control, but in another sense, yeah. <laughs> in another sense, yeah. Yeah. Vishnu, Vishnu's commentary in that section is just—it's mind-boggling. You just—it mm-hmm. overwhelms you that he, the insights. reading uh, uh, that like introduction introduction to the Brihad Bhagavatamrita the other day and there it's like a um, glorification of Paranadana Prabhu and there the disciples say that in one of his classes he revealed his inner longing which is mm. Vaikuntha mm. Vaikuntha Mukti <laughs> yeah, I, I remember reading that yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> I guess that was what was inherent. In <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They also make this point, say, how is this possible, the disciple is saying. 
this is can only be possible if he comes from there oh. not like we others we don't come from there meaning we come from goloka right oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <coughs> so they have their whole system of philosophy you know? Not the, not the best beginning for a work like Brihad Bhagavatamrita to say all those things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he should have stopped writing at a certain point in the book. I get out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get off here. Gopal Kumar, he's going somewhere else, but I'm going to stop here. Anybody else want to translate from here on out? I'm not qualified to... <laughs> to give an opinion beyond this point. <laughs> What's the time? iPads in my pouch in the back. Yeah, that Tony Stewart copy of the hmm. Sacred Preface. Uh -huh. He really he needs to read that last that chapter on Gadadhar. What's his position? Oh, he. It's all muddled. Mm -hmm. He he kind of. He argues that, um, if I remember correctly, that that Krishna Das leaves him out that there was a tension. Was well, they some, all do that. Yeah. yeah, they all create that. Yeah, there was some tension, and they couldn't. He, he, and Krishna Das, Kaviraj Goswami couldn't deal with it. So he had, but he had to include him. And yeah, they do that repeatedly. Like Nityananda Prabhu is depicted in. Chaitanya Bhagwat uh, is being uh, criticized by Dwaito with Prashadam. Oh, yeah, yeah. Obviously, there was a feud between them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, you know. Oh, my God. They bring it down to their own, their own level. Right. It yeah. shouldn't be, you know, a transcendental <laughs> feud, so to speak. Well, he, uh, he's, uh, he's somewhere in North Carolina. Is he? Yeah. Stuart? I uh, heard that he was teaching in Silver and Raleigh or somewhere, yeah. Yeah, he, well, he. Yeah, he thinks that the the idea that um, somehow that 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 Radha turns out to be that Shrimanta Radharani turns out to be Bhakti Devi is a it was so, is sort of embarrassing or something like that that it that it confuses the theology. How's that? I don't know. It didn't make a lot of sense to me. Where is that? In you, what, something he wrote? Yeah, it's in his. Um, that the final word it's in there, huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He kind of, and so that's so. If somehow he, in his mind, if Gadadhar turns out to be Radharani, then it's all it doesn't work. Uh, well, I guess what he's saying maybe is that well, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Radha and Krishna, so how can Gadadhar be? Yeah, basically, Radha but he well. Yeah. yeah, we kind of dealt with that in that. Yeah, sacred you. Preface yeah, you. You. Briefly. You really kind of brought it out, and why, mm -hmm. um, you know, Gadadhar is sort of. Yeah, that requires some feeling for the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. To write about that. 
come up with that perspective. They all just kind of prove that they need a bhakti guru. They're, they are the living proof. Yeah. yeah. Or some Gaudiya Vaishnavas even say, Mahaprabhu is rather than Krishna and Gadadhar, Rukmini or whatever, mm-hmm. and limit himself to being Rukmini and he's actually not Sri Mati Radharani. Right? Mm-hmm. Starting by Krishna West and some other. Oh, are they saying oh. like that? Yeah, of Those course. People. Yeah, I heard one. Some words he said in the last appearance, appearance there of Gadadhar Pandit, and he was hmm. basically concluding that he is not Radha. Really? Yeah, supposedly he was glorifying him on his appearance there. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he said, no, he's Rukmini, and, and, and Mahaprabhu is Radha and Krishna combined. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like quoting from Prabhupada's words and in a particular context, of course. He. He seems to think if he can make an argument that it's true. Yeah. Well, what he does is he, 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 what he thinks is logical. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And then he only searches the scripture to support it or he distorts the scripture to support it. And after all, the scripture has to be saying that because it's logical, right? From my point of view. And I'm the most logical person in the group here. And let's, you know. I mean, Prabhu's Krishna consciousness should be reasonable, right? It yeah. should it should be logical. Hmm? So let's do away with all of this fanaticism and this, you know, magical stuff, agata sakriti type stuff, and you know, that, that, use your brains here. So if it's logical to him, that's what it must be, and that's what the scriptures must be saying. What a backwards way of. <laughs> It's so pathetic. Ugh. And if someone like even Jiva Goswami doesn't agree with him, he's a philosophical speculator. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very uh, major deviation, philosophical deviation, that group. It's unfortunate. He said what, that if Jiva Goswami says that the that the Tathasta Jeeves come from Mahavishnu, it must be some kind of a philosophical speculation. Yeah, he basically there's no, calls, there's calls. There's no support in the scripture for that. Yeah, he basically calls him philosophical <laughs> speculator. The Tattvacharya of the Sampradaya is a philosophical speculator. Chaitanya Charitamrita explains it very, very clearly. Uh, Jivanam Tatastakya. Hmm. Jivanam Tatastakya. What does he say? Uh, Jiva, the, the, the Jiva is called, known by, as Tatasta, and he says, and uh, and Mahasankarshan is the shelter of all of all jivas. So he's clearly Krishna is clearly saying Mahasankarshan is the source of the 
Jiva Shakti, Tatasta Shakti. Mm-hmm. And then he says what? He says, Yanghar Hoite Vishvot Pati Yanghara Pralai Seipurushera Sankarshan Samashrai. You understand? He says, mm-hmm. and as far as the Vishvotpati and Pralai manifesting the universe, he who manifests the universe and collapses it in Pralai, who is, as he says, uh, uh, the Purusha, Purushera. Purusha means, he's talking about Mahavishnu. He is also sheltered completely under Mahasankarshan. Hmm? So he says the Jeev Shakti is uh, uh, the source of the Jeeva Shakti is Mahasankarshan. And the source of the Jeeva Shakti, Mahavishnu is also uh, uh, Mahasankarshan is also the source of Mahavishnu. Hmm? The first Purusha. Hmm? And then uh, I don't know if he references it, but there's a verse in the Bhagavatam in the second canto, sixth chapter, I believe, it says the same thing. Hmm? It says that uh, Avutara Purusha, all the, from the Purusha, speaking about Mahavishnu, starts a list. Kala, this, that, time, all the ingredients of matter, hmm? yeah. given in brief, and then all the moving and non-moving living beings. They're all emanating from the Purusha. I mean, I mean, he makes the world, right? And that's what it consists of. The two, right? The Jivas, Shakti, and the Maya Shakti. So, we have a reference from the Bhagavatam as well, there. We met Chaitanya Charitamrita also in the same chapter says that this Ma, this Ma Sankarshan desires to bestow Mukti. Hmm? He doesn't have the opportunity to do so, although he's fully absorbed in his play in Vaikuntha and complete and satisfied. Still, he would like to bestow mukti. Hmm? And so, for bestowing mukti, then takes the form of Mahavishnu. I don't know what could be clearer. Maybe Bhagavad Gita. Humbija Pradapita. He says, I'm the seed giving father. What's it, 14th chapter of the Gita? Krishna explains that I. Give the seed into the womb of material nature, and the world goes forth. And he, so, so Krishna is saying he is the source, right? Krishna is mm-hmm. saying that. Yeah, yeah Krishna is saying that I do that as my, as in the form of the Purusha avatar, mm-hmm. Mahavishnu. Obviously, I mean, that's what he does. He glances at material nature. Krishna's not glancing at material nature. He's looking at Radha. Mm-hmm. Hmm? <laughs> That's where his glance is. He's completely captivated by his, by his Sarup Shakti. It has nothing to do with the Maya Shakti. He's not the source directly of the Maya Shakti, and he's not the source directly of the Jiva Shakti. Hmm? And Mahavishnu, we see, now we learn from this Chaitanya Chartan read the verses I cited, what? There are two forms of the Mahavishnu in the Paravyam, hmm? and as, excuse me, of Mahasankarshan, in the Paravyam and in the in the material world, as Mahavishnu. 
And so jivas are coming out of them, Tatasta Shakti. The ones that are coming out of Mahasankar, Shana Baikunta, they're Nityamukta, Tatasta Jivas. The ones who are emanating from Mahavishnu in this world, they're Nityabada. And Gita says the same thing. Brahma Samhita says the same thing. Sahasra, what is it? I don't know. So many, so many jivas emanating from the verse about Mahavishnu. Upanishad, Saikshita, Ekubahu Sham, he looked, one became many. It's all about Mahavishnu. Mahavishnu is, you know, is the, is the clearest form of God in the world. Because he's in the world. Mm-hmm. Hmm? You know, you talk about God in a general way, who created the world, under whom it's all sheltered, you know, this is all Mahavishnu. Mahavishnu, Mahavishnu. You know, and then, okay, there's, there's the Parabhyom, that's you know, another step. Right? And you get to Goloka, and it's like really a hidden, hidden perspective hmm? where Krishna is. He's not involved in all this except through his Purushavata, through his expansion. Otherwise, what purpose do they have? Krishna looks over material nature and impregnates it with so many, impregnates it with so many jivas who are in Sasupti, within Mahavishnu. I mean, it's just like, wait, you get, right. your wires are all crossed here, you know. And what does Mahavishnu do? Yeah, let him have his own leela, okay? He has his work to do. It's not Krishna's work. Krishna has no work. He has no duty. He has no responsibility. He comes to the world to play. Some Swayam Bhagavan, some lesser feature of himself, establishes Dharma. We say that, right? Hmm? Well, speak of creating the world. There's no reference to the jivas coming from Mahavishnu. There's like every reference everywhere in every book. Where is one reference? That the jivas are clearly coming from Mahavishnu in every book. First come from Krishna, then they're transferred over. Hmm? Because of what? I don't know why that would be, but it's it's like a very bizarre thought. Call that a philosophical speculation. It's like literally, literally quoting the scriptures. And they're in, it's in all books. It's in the Bhagavad It's in Chaitanya Charitamrita. It's in the Brahma Samhita. It's in the Upanishads. So many other Puranas. I mean, it's a story told over and over and over again. They don't have the sutra everywhere. The verse from Chaitanya Charitamrita, you quoted that from in the Nityananda section, if you will? Yeah, that's in the fifth chapter oh, okay. of the Adi Leela. Mm. Yeah. There's a whole section there, mm-hmm. verses like, um, they all go together, yeah. It's very clear. Mm-hmm. Thanks to Krishna Skabiraj, Goswami. What is it? It was one word. Jiva Nantatastakya Ek Shakti Hai. Jiva Nam. Jiva Nam. The name of the Jiva is called Tatasta Ek Shakti Hoy. He's one of the Shaktis uh, and of Mahavishnu Ek Shakti Hoy of Mahasankarshan. Mahasankarshan. Mm. 
the second line of the verse you quoted before also includes the idea, no? Exactly. This is, yeah, that's what that verse is about. Mm-hmm. The jiva is subordinate. So, like I said, what is that Rupa Goswami's statement in Paramatma in, in, uh, Sandarva? Sesha Bhuta Parashavai. It, it means Jiva is Nitya Krishna. Shasta Jiva is Nitya Krishna Das. It's not talking about Rasa Tattva. That's not the subject at all. It's a subordinate, the Jiva is a subordinate entity constituted of the Tattasta Shakti, the marginal Shakti of, of the Paramatma. Hmm? Krishna's surrounded by a Sarup Shakti. Hmm? Mahavishnu is a source of the Maya Shakti and the and the Jeev Shakti. Mm-hmm. In the, except, well, Mahasangrashan is also manifesting Tatasta Jeeves that are Mukta, Muktas. And then, well, where's your argument that there are Entities who are constituted of the Sarup Shakti, like your Bhakti Devi, you know, what's that, you know? Just making up people and things. Where's your proof for that? Hmm? Radha Krishna, well, let's give you a simple example, a clear one. Radha Krishna Pranayva Kritiladini Shaktirasma. How's that? Hmm? Radha, hmm? Krishna Pranayva is a compound word. Hmm? It's one word, a compound word. Hmm? Transformation of Krishna's love. Rikriti means transformation. Pranay means love, Krishna. Radha is the transformation of Krishna's love. Hmm? Radha, Krishna, Pranay, Rikriti, Ladini, Shakti, Rasmad, known as Ladini. Hmm? So, what do you think? Radha is a Tastajiva? You may say, well, who's this Bhakti there? She doesn't exist. Well, okay, let's just. Does Radha exist? Okay, what is, what is she? Is she a Tatastajiva? Is he Soda Tatastajiva? Hmm? Not according to the verse we decided. Hmm? And they, yes, that means that Krishna, that Krishna is only associated with his Sarup Shakti. Hmm? His, his, the complete makeup of Krishna is Krishna and his Sarup Shakti. If you, if you say, well, no, it's just the Tasta Shaktis. Hmm? Well, then the question of Krishna, they're subject to, hmm. to being illusioned. So that means a feature of Krishna is subject to be illusioned. That's not the case. With, well, no, he's constituted of himself and the Tasta Jivas imbued with Bhakti. Then Bhakti and Sarup Shakti become someone like invisible, you know, energy uh, or something, and uh, and that's not the case. Hmm? And where do the where where and where do the where do the jivas well? well Yes, okay, if there are 
Jiva, Tathasta Jivas manifest from Mahasarkashan in Vaikuntha. They're manifest within the, the, the environment that's constituted of the Sarup Shakti. But it's not an empty environment. There are people there. There's Lakshmi. Hmm? Lakshmi's not Vishnu Tattva. She's Shakti Tattva. She's a person. She's not a Tathasta Jiva. Right? So these pairs, that's what we mean by ragatmika. I would think about that. They are made of something else. Yeah. <laughs> They're made of... Dantatast. They're made of bhakti. Hmm. They're made of bhakti. They're gold and we're gold-plated. What is it that inspires Mahavishnu to glance on Maya? Where else is he going to look? <laughs> <laughs> that's his Shakti. <laughs> he just closes his eyes, he wakes up, that's what's out there. <laughs> but the why does the one become many? Hmm? That's your question. Why was he, why does he become many in the first place? That's what the glancing is about, right? Hmm. Isn't, isn't he complete? Why does he why does he become many? The answer is in the, in the sutras he becomes many because he wants to become many, not because he's lacking anything. <laughs> but, uh, therefore, lokabatu lilakai valyam. Therefore, it's called lila. Lokabatu lilakai valyam. That is just his play. He does what he wants. Hmm? He doesn't have to do it. He's not bound by it. It's not a necessity that he has. Of, arising uh, out of his incompleteness that he seeks to fulfill, he does it. Now, if you want to say he does it out of compassion, which someone t might might argue against, I, I think it's a viable argument because compassion is something you do out of fullness. Hmm? Right? Not out of anything, not out of being incomplete, out of fullness. So you can, there are statements to that effect in the scripture. Give the jivas a chance to attain, to attain, attain mukti. They need bodies for that. They can't just lie inside the Mahavishnu. And they happen to be there. Because why? What are the jivas doing in Mahavishnu? He's the shelter of them. That's part of his constitution. Right? We already heard, heard Mahavishnu, Mahasankashan is the, is the shelter of the Tathasta Shakti. So in his form of Mahavishnu, he's the shelter of a particular type of Tathasta Shakti, which are going to be Buddha Jivas, because when they emanate from him, they're, that's the domain that he has jurisdiction of. What are they doing inside Mahavishnu? That's his Shakti. That, that's, you know, that's what he's like. That's what the scriptures say. When you just accept what the scriptures say about him, and saying, I don't like that. <laughs> Why would they be in there? <laughs> Sleeping. With no beginning. I don't like that. Well, then you don't like our, our teaching. That, and some things are meant to take you beyond the limits of your own logic and reasoning. What makes sense to you 
doesn't necessarily make it, make it true. Hmm? The, the scriptures are particularly for explaining things to us, revealing to us things that we, we wouldn't, we can't know simply by logic. And Shraddha, which is the which is our ticket to ride, so to speak, to to you know to to to, to take the bhakti, is has to be faith in those arguments, and the very idea that there is a way of knowing things that cannot be known by reason alone, and that's shastra. I have faith in that. So don't ask why there are jivas in Ma, in in, in, um, in Mahavishnu. That's like saying why 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 is there God anyway? What, what, you know, I don't know if I like that idea. So, so Mahavishnu is the shelter of the Tasta jivas within the realm of his jurisdiction. And so, this is Mahasankashan manifested by Kunt, is what he does. And when he's in this world of Mahavishnu, he manifests here. Hmm? It's Leela. Shristi Leela. Well, it doesn't sound like a very good Leela to me. But, you know, that's too bad. Because <laughs> that's what you're in. <laughs> you're in the middle of it. If you don't want to play, then don't play. You know? But good luck. Then you'll stay in it. Hmm? And uh, another question. So... Sadashiva is sometimes explained to be that glance that is consorting with Maya. Mm. Like, uh, yeah. uh, could you expand on that idea, like the conglomerate ego of all Jiva, something like that? Shiddha Maharaj mentioned. Mahavishnu is the conglomerate of all Jivas. That's true. With Shambhu, with the glance. There's different ways. Of, there's just kind of different ways of talking about the same thing. Hmm. Brahma is also sometimes called Hiranyagarbha. The first, coming from the Maha, you know, after the initial glancing, then there's the secondary creation. Brahma's born. Hmm? He's the conglomerate of all the Jivas now in a more developed state. Hmm? <laughs> right? And it comes this distorted idea. I have some devotees have that first, first we first, were we were Brahma. First we were Brahma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only in that sense. Yeah. And from the, he has the conglomerate of jivas, then the world is manifest, and the jivas are placed according to their karma. Hmm? So Mahavishnu, he has Tast Shakti. He's the shelter of the Tatasta Shakti. And Shakti does something. Shakti does this what he does. Given the nature of the Shakti he has, there's something called a creation, even though it has no beginning. It's created, destroyed, created, destroyed, so to speak, and that has no beginning. There is a world, objective world, and there is an observer of the world. We're the, we're the observer. And which would make us superior to the world, but at the same time, it's, it's obvious that the world gets the better hand sometimes. So these are not debatable issues. Hmm? 
so we're just explaining how that happens. That it's happening is not a question. How it happens, it's one explanation. It's with the explanation of the scriptures here. If the argument is it's speaking beyond the can of our, our ability to know with the instruments that were provided within the gunas. I was debating this Anadi Karma with the devotee and he said that um, like this is not very efficient since we have like since no beginning being in this world we, we, we like bhakti cannot be so efficient we must have met bhakta so many times and we have not been liberated so then then I answered but like it's like infinite amount of jivas has been liberated and infinite amount of jivas will become liberated in the future that's like that's right that's kind of efficient mm -hmm. but then <laughs> Then he gave there, like, I mean, that is, and he said something which I feel it's, we, I don't, like, we don't have a good answer to that, which is a little bit difficult to answer, say. But then he, like, there must be some jivas that will be here eternally in order to, to maintain this Shristi Lila. That's what Mahaprabhu answered to Haridas, no? Yeah, it will be all the new ones coming. What did he say? That Haridasta could say to Mahaprabhu once, no? say, oh, no, considering the, the nature of your dispensation, there will be one point, very early point, even that the whole world will be emptied by your grace. Hmm. So Mahaprabhu answered, no, no, because there are infinite number of jivas that will inhabit the worlds over and over again. No? Yeah. The point is this, when you're arguing with such people, <coughs> You have to tell them, the proper use of your logic mm. is not to argue with what the scripture is saying, but is to support it. Hmm? Mm. That's called Shastra Yukti. You're using cable Yukti. You're saying, I don't like this. It makes sense to me. I, I don't know, <laughs> because this might happen or that might happen. That's where you're supposed to just, if you have faith in what scripture says, you realize there are things that are beyond my ability to comprehend and that don't fit between my ears, and for that, I accept what Shastra says. You want it all to fit in your head. Well, if this happens, then what about this? And if that happens, what about that? And, and, and well, at a certain point, we can use logic. Right. We should use logic to, 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 to ascertain the limits of logic. And that's, that's the beginning, a beginning within bhakti. I ascertain that logic has its limits. I should use my limits to understand that point, which is a strong argument from the scriptures, and which, which then is an argument as to the need of another vehicle of knowing that transcends the limits of your logic. So that's like, you know, 101 in bhakti. Hmm? That doesn't mean, you know, don't speculate, Prabhu. You know, you, know, you know, don't ask that question. That's speculation. So many questions we can answer and so forth, but we're not here just to just to make everything fit entirely, every detail within your, 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 between, like I said, between your ears, in your head, 
which is just ongoing, you know, is mm. this won't work for that person, this won't work, my mind feels like my, mm. we give a more basic argument, what's the limits of your power to reason in the first place in terms of its producing truth, hmm? weighing in on truth, actually. It's it's limited. It's it's limited. Accept that. Hmm? They say Tarko Pratishtana. Tarko Pratishtana. Yeah. You know where. By logic, then you don't get any standing, really. <clears throat> One argument can be superseded by another argument. Hmm? So the argument is that there's a need for something beyond reason to know. So you're arguing against what the scripture is saying. Can't be like that because no, it is like that, and that's exactly what the verse says. Hmm? And it says anadi, and anadi means this. Say, so, well, it does. It can't mean that. It, well, is is Krishna anadi in a literal sense, or is it? We have to interpret it some other way. Krishna have a beginning. What about Mahavishnu? Does he have a beginning? He's God. He's anadi, right? Anadi, anadi, Govinda, Sarvakarana, Karna. Krishna, all of his forms, there have no beginning, right? Okay, so Mahavishnu has no beginning. He's literally Anadi. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, what does he do? Hmm? He breathes. Hmm? Okay, does that have a beginning? No, no, of course not. Hmm? And the outgoing breath is the manifestation of the world. Hmm? The ingoing breath is the perlai. Hmm? So that outgoing and ingoing has no beginning. It's Anadi. Right? Okay. What about karma? That doesn't mean karma is anadi, in a literal sense. Now suddenly we come to karma. It's all involved, right? There's Vishnu, there's his breathing, there's the manifestation of the world, and the collapsing. Hmm? The G, what about the jivas? They're anadi, right? Yeah, literally, right? Okay, so we got, my Shakti has no beginning either, right? It's always been around. It's, it's, it's Vishnu's Shakti. My Shakti's always been around. The Jivas have always been around. Hmm? The world's always been around. My Vishnu's always been around. But karma, we have to now interpret Anadi karma in a different way. Hmm? But it's... it's, it's it, how, how can you separate that out and interpret it differently? Hmm? Karma is the glue that connects the Jivas with the Maya Shakti, which is the world take karma out, you don't have a material world. Hmm. Hmm? What is the meaning of a material world without karma? <laughs> That's the whole material world. It's under the influence of karma. Hmm? So if the world is beginningless, the jivas are beginningless, Maya Shakti is beginningless, Vishnu is beginningless, it's all in relation to the world, and the Srishti Leela of Mahavishnu, then karma has to be an Adi also. Hmm? But I don't, but, no, that's what the scriptures say. No buts. Hmm? But, but means I'm just being emotional now. Hmm? Or I'm being, yeah, I'm, I, I'm not being reasonable in a scriptural sense, which is, oh, this is where you accept what the scripture says. Hmm? It, it's beyond, it may not fit between your head, but it's not supposed to. You're supposed to come out from between your ears. Hmm? Hmm. Enter into the bigger picture. And bhakti has no beginning either. So there's always bhakti in the world, there are always jivas in the world. Hmm. Infinite number. 
are being liberated, an infinite number are remaining conditions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for an emotional person, that it doesn't sound so yeah. bright horizon. That's the, the thing, as you say, no? You have to go beyond why? these type why, of why emotions. Not, why isn't that bright? You have bhakti, you know? Giving you bhakti, take it, you can get out. <laughs> but I want to save everybody. No, you don't. You're kidding yourself. You got these contemporary Buddhists who want to become the bodhisattvas because they don't want to actually do the work of meditation and renunciation that the Buddha was all about. Mm. I, I don't want to be selfish. I just liberate myself, so I'm dedicating myself to liberating everybody else. But Therefore, first, they have to be liberated themselves. Or do they? Bodhisattva <laughs> is a liberated person. Bodh I don't see how you could take the Bodhisattva vow if you're not a Buddha already. Buddha could take the vow. If I take a vow to remain in the world till all sentient beings are, are liberated, I'm going to be here forever. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you never get out, if you don't enter from a Buddhist perspective nirvana, how are you going to liberate them? What, how effective are you going to be? because it's too hard to sit down. Just sit there. Find a nice tree and sit. Yeah, there's things that can be done in the world and so that we'll you can walk in such a way that it will be in concert with sitting and help you. That's true. That should be done. I think you got all those fat Buddhas. All those what? Fat, fat Buddhas. Mm. The, just, the little statues? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> just sitting there. <laughs> they, need to, they need to get walked around a little bit. <laughs> so you gave the example that at the time, that speaking about the Vedans, that even though they consider Jagat Mitya, meanwhile they are engaged in doing somehow or other some type of. Yeah. Well, welfare work or whatever. Some of them, yeah. Some of them object to that. The Ram Krishna mission of Vivekananda was objected to by the uh, Shankar Sampradaya mm -hmm. for opening hospitals and these type of things. But Vivekananda was too popular. He was the. He went to America, you know, and the stories of what he did, and so, so they had to kind of like ease up on him. Prabhdhakarma. They get money, they give it for hospitals, and all self Prabhdhakarma. Good Prabhdhakarma. So you could say they're spending it, letting it go. But if they're working for it, to make it happen, that's another thing. Mm -hmm. They're sitting there and people are giving them money and then they're giving it away, and that's another thing. You're plugged into it, you may be creating more Prabhdhakarma. What did you say? Oh, there's a, there's a movement that's um, 
rather popular in you know, socially engaged Buddhism. Yeah. Yeah. That's in the name of the Bodhisattva vow. Yeah, you do yeah. a lot of you know, burning glass when he talks about uh, getting some sort of non-dual mind state. Identify and you can identify with Democrats instead of Republicans. Yeah. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, and you that's, can that's identify what needs to happen, you, and then you act out of loving. Uh, loving action will naturally arise from a non-dual mind. Kind of like Andrews. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Loving action. The non-dual state of mind. Yeah. It's difficult to see how that would promote action. Yeah, it's a uh, bear witness to you. That's this is one of the piles there. Mm -hmm. Bearing witness is one thing, but actively being involved, right. taking sides in moral arguments and political arguments and social, uh, you know, Movement and so forth. How is that? Yeah. Good question.